Hello and welcome to Unbiased. I'm your host, Michael Hairston. I greatly appreciate you tuning in today. There are a lot of things vying for your attention and time, yet you chose to spend a few minutes listening to the words of wisdom and experience that I want to share today, and I do not take that for granted. So let's get into today's topic as we talk about things that can help empower your decisions and spark your conversation concerning personal finance. All right. I hope everyone's doing well. I appreciate you joining me today. I'm looking forward to the conversation today because uh, today we're going to be talking about Bitcoin. And there's been a lot of talk about Bitcoin and I've been hearing it, been reading it. And if you're paying attention to the to television, there's all types of things about Bitcoin. So I thought, hey, why not just jump into the Bitcoin discussion myself? Now, before I begin, Everyone who listens to this podcast and has been a a loyal follower, or if this is your first time hearing this, what I need everyone to understand, the purpose of every podcast is to enlighten and empower everyone. So today is going to be no different. Now, the reason why I'm getting into Bitcoin is not because of the popularity of the topic, but because it seems everywhere I go, and once people find out I'm a financial advisor and a wealth manager... I'm constantly being pulled by these individuals, whether they be college, whether they be colleagues, whether they be clients, whether they're family members, whether it's friends, whether it's the dog, the cat, the goat, anyone. I'm pulled in all the I'm pulled by all these different people about investing in Bitcoin. What was funny is the question that the two questions I get most about Bitcoin is what's your thought about Bitcoin or what's your what's your thinking on Bitcoin and and or how can I buy Bitcoin? Like those are the, one of the two questions I get almost all the time. And I, I got to be honest with you, I, I'm floored by the questions because part of me is expecting people to ask things like, what is it? What does it do? How is it used? How is this value determined? You know, typical due diligence type of question. But I, I realize that that's how my mind work as a financial advisor and an investor. So those are the things that would naturally come to mind and I would be thinking about and would ask questions about. But I realize not everyone thinks like I do. So as I'm often reminded in my own home. So I had to take a step back and think, OK, I'm getting basically the question, what's your thought on Bitcoin or how can I buy Bitcoin? So what can I actually say to folks who ask me one of those two questions? So I thought I'd take a moment today to address that. But what I specifically want to address is the thought on Bitcoin. And I want to do, I want to provide a thought on Bitcoin by providing some practical information for you to consider. Now, my attempt here today is to be totally unbiased, meaning I'm not going to make a case for or against investing in Bitcoin. I'm going to leave that up to you from a personal standpoint to know whether it's right or not. However, what I'm going to do is give you a few things for you to consider as you evaluate its merits and usefulness in your investment portfolio. So let me start the conversation by just giving a, a little bit of historical context. So Bitcoin, is, it's, it's relatively new, but it's been around about 10 years or so, give or take a few years. But if you go back and look at the 10-year history or its historic price movement, this thing has been erratic. I mean, it's been all over the place. One minute it's up, next minute it's down, then it's up, then it's down. But the price movement has not been a steady, constant flow. It's been very, very erratic. And 
you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning when it first got launched to now to kind of, and kind of track it over the last 10 years or so it's been around. You, all you have to do is really just look at the last two years to verify the statement that I'm making about, you know, how erratic it is. Because the last two years, it's seen some explosive growth, but it's also seen some some big down, uh, big big downside. But it's mainly seen a lot of explosive growth, and this growth has led to a lot of attention being drawn to this asset. Now, not to confuse terms, I call it an asset because it has appreciation potential. But in reality, Bitcoin is is digital currency, and it can be used just like currency, just like paper currency or coin currency. So Bitcoin is an actual, it's a digital currency, but it can be used just like paper or coin currency, but it's an asset just like currency is because it has appreciation potential. So, you know, appreciation potential is huge with an asset because that's the whole point behind you buying it because you're looking for the thing to appreciate in value. But we tend to don't, we tend not to think of currency as an asset, but we absolutely should because currency is indeed an asset because its value changes daily. Listen, the U.S. dollar can be exchanged for any currency in the world at any at any time. However, the value of the dollar relative to the currency you want to exchange it for will not be the same each day. It changes each day. You know, I'm reminded of a story where I, uh, I traveled over. My wife and I, we went over to London and we were over in Europe, started in London and we bounced around to a couple places and to a couple countries. And I'm tr I'm exchanging my U.S. dollars for whatever local currency that I'm in. And we actually left Europe, went to Paris, and I, was, I forgot the other place we went. It was like two different places that we went before we ended up back in Europe. And as I, when I left Europe, uh, excuse me, when I left London, we left London and went to two other uh, countries within Europe and then came back to London. But when I left London and the exchange rate was one, was, was at one rate, I thought it was a good deal. So a couple of days later, I come back to London and now I'm trying to exchange my dollars again, but I'm actually getting less. So within a few days, the current, the value of the dollar uh, was not the same as it was a couple of days ago. So therefore I wasn't able to get the same exchange rate. And that essentially is what an asset is. An asset changes, uh, it can change daily and it can appreciate or depreciate. But at the, at the moment I was going through that exchange, I didn't think of currency as an asset, I was actually just livid that, hey, man, look, I, just a couple of days ago, I was here. Like, why? <laughs> you know, so in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, what in the world? But it just struck me at that moment that currency is indeed an asset. And I remind everybody today that currency, whether it's paper or digital, it is an asset and it can be it can have appreciation potential. And I think the growth that we see in digital currency, you know, it, it's been explosive and it's and it's great because it, it it causes us to think differently about how currency is used. And now we're thinking about it as an asset and digital currency has uh, has has provided hyper appreciation the last few years. And this hyper appreciation has actually sparked the release of other types of digital currencies. Now, I'm not going to name what these other digital currencies are in this podcast because, listen, there's no free lunch here and there's no free advertising here. So if these other digital currencies want me to talk about them, no problem. Hey, send me a check and I'll definitely talk about it. But today we're not going to mention it. But there, just know that digital currencies, there's more than one type. And due to, due to the explosive nature of Bitcoin, there have been a lot of other digital currencies that have been released that's hoping to, that's hoping to 
capitalize on the hyper appreciation that is taking place with Bitcoin and capture lightning in a bottle and see the same thing happening with happen with the digital currencies, the new digital currencies that are being released. So while the explosive growth is indeed sexy and appealing and it's creating new opportunities for investors and it's creating new wealth, you know, I, I want to kick a couple of things for you to consider. And the first thing I want you to consider, aside from currency being an asset, the second thing really, is that an age old rule I learned a long time ago in investing. And that is, you know, a mentor told me this, you want to be where the opportunity is before it happens. So in other words, you never want to be the last one to the party because then you may have missed out on a lot of things and a lot of fun that may have taken place because you were the last one to the party. I mean, let's face it, no one wants to be the last one to the party. That's that's definitely not fun, but because you always want to participate in everything and, and get the full experience. So when you're investing, you always want to be where the opportunity is before it happens. And that makes sense, right? Because you as if you're there before it happens, when it happens, you get to get to have the full appreciation as it's unveiling. So, you know, I don't know the future of Bitcoin. And you know, I, in a lot of ways, I mean, if I did, then I wouldn't be doing this podcast, I'd be doing other things. But I ask you to consider and to ask yourself this question as you're evaluating the merits of Bitcoin and ask yourself, am I too late to the party? Because again, Bitcoin has had an explosive amount of growth. So you got to ask yourself, am I too late to the party? Because any asset that has had significant increase, such as Bitcoin has, this should cause investors future, this should cause all investors, future and existing, to take a pause and ask real questions about the overall industry. Real questions that you need to ask yourself are things like, is this asset really this valuable? Is it really this valuable? And then to whom is it valuable to? Like, who will buy it at this price point? Then what is the future opportunity for this particular asset or this particular digital currency? What does the future look like for it? What are the future opportunities for it? And then also, likewise, what is the future prospects of the entire industry? So while you're asking that question specific about the asset, you also need to ask the same question about the industry. Now, these are just basic questions I believe everyone should ask before buying or even selling Bitcoin. And these questions are critical because as a, as an investor, you want to make calculated moves and have a plan of, of action for both any potential upside that may take place as well as any downside. Because again, you want to be where the opportunities are and you don't want to be late to the party. You kind of want to be somewhere in between, but you want to find the right place to get in, but then know how to be able to get out and asking these questions and getting into the weeds about Bitcoin, like other digital currency to me, it's, it's imperative because the worst thing you can do is to buy an asset that is having a huge year on the upside or having huge years. And then that said asset, when you buy it, it plummets in value just as quick as it rose. And this upswing and downswing, it happens but it, the, the travesty to me is it happens without you having a true understanding as to what's driving the action. You know, the financial markets can move up or down and there's a story as to what happened and why it happened. And it's imperative as an investor that you know that story so you can make calculated moves. Well, the same is true with Bitcoin. You have to understand what's happening with the market, why the upswing and what's driving it so that you can make calculated moves because Bitcoin is indeed complex. And this is what makes it complex. It's globally recognized, but it's not widely accepted. 
again, it's globally recognized, but it's not widely accepted. And I, I feel it's important to state this fact, even if it seems obvious. You know, the acceptance of Bitcoin is really what's driving the value and increases the appreciation potential. The more buyers that are in the market, the more that sellers can sell it for. And the process just can in the pool of buyers and sellers just continues to keep expanding. The more and more is accepted. So you can buy all the, the Bitcoin you want. But if you have a limited market or a limited number of buyers that will accept it, then you will have a problem on your hands when it comes time to actually trade it because, you know, because only so many people will be able to buy it and only so many people are going to be able to sell it. And what a limited market means limited opportunities. So I mentioned this to you today to state this particular fact. Don't chase the performance rabbit. I'm going to say it again. Don't chase the performance rabbit. Just because you've seen something explode in growth and you want to get into it don't necessarily don't chase that performance rabbit it can lead you down a dark hole like alice in wonderland instead be as informed as possible about digital currency its maker what the market is like for that particular coin uh, the buyers and sellers and potential opportunities for that currency and it, those are things that you as an investor you want to make so that you can then develop an investment strategy to take advantage of the opportunities that you see and then plan for when you get in and then when you get out. So hopefully that makes sense. Now, the final point that I wanna make about digital currency is this. Because digital currency is an asset, it has tax implications with it, specifically capital gain tax. So every time you buy digital currency, then you sell the currency, you create a taxable event, a gain or a loss. And this is true if you buy a stock, a bond, real estate, or any other type of assets and that you buy or sell. So if you buy it, that whole notion of buy low and sell high, well, if I buy it low and I sell it high, I've made a profit, you're gonna have to pay a tax on that profit. Likewise, if you bought a investment high and sold it low, then there's a loss. And that loss you're, you may be able to uh, capture on your personal taxes or on your taxes. So the loss and gain is what's called a capital, capital gain or a capital loss. Now, this happens with every single investment that you have and, and whatever you do with that particular investment, whether you're buying or selling. So this is just the government's way of trying to make money on the profiting of the buying and selling of assets through capital gains tax. So what makes digital currency unique is, again, it's a currency that can be used for purchases just like paper currency. But as I said before, we tend not to think of digital currency as an asset when indeed it actually is because we don't think of paper money as an asset. So that means every time you use your digital currency for any purchase, you create a taxable event. Now, I'm going to say that again and let this sink in. Because, again, a digital currency, because it's an asset, it has tax implications with them, specifically capital gains tax. So if you bought it low and now you're selling it high, then there is there is the potential for a taxable event that you have to now report on your individual taxes. And that's is true for digital currency. So that means every time that you buy digital currency 
and then you turn around and use that digital currency for a purchase, you are creating a taxable event. So let that sink in for a minute. You can buy digital digital currency at one price and then use that currency to buy coffee, clothes, gas, groceries, a car, a house. And yes, both of them is possible now to be able to buy a car or a house with Bitcoin. But every time you buy and sell your currency, you create a taxable event. So that means when it comes tax time and you have to file your income taxes, you have to account for your purchases and sales of digital currency. Since, well, let me back it up. You have to account for your purchases of digital currency since it's an asset and every transaction you use your digital currency for selling it, you have to account for that. So let me give you a really, really crude example to illustrate what I mean. Let's say you bought a digital currency at a dollar and a week later, seven days later, it's now worth $10. That's a $9 appreciation. That's a pretty good week, right? But then the next day after you figure out it's worth $10, you use the digital currency to buy a dress for $5, coffee for $2, $2 in snacks. So that's essentially $9 and you pretty, pretty much essentially spent the appreciation earned as you would with any other currency. That's what you do with your currency. You use it to buy things, right? But with digital currency, this is what makes it a little different. You know, because it's digital currency and you used it three separate transactions, then you have to, you ha- then you've created three separate separate taxable events that must be reported on your 1040 tax return. That's your 1040 federal tax return. So should you invest in digital currency, it's important to incorporate tax planning before using your money or buying or selling, or else you could end up having a taxable situation that could negatively impact your tax filing. And that's something that we we always want to be mindful, mindful of when we're investing, because there's two things that can really imp- negatively impact your wealth and then also negatively impact your investment portfolio. One is fees and two taxes. So you always want to have your mind and your eyes on both, because as a, as a song I used to listen to way back in the day said, it's not about what you make. It's about what you keep. And that is absolutely true with investing. You can make a lot of money. But by the time you pay your fees and taxes and other things, you may not have as much as you really started out with. So you always want to manage all your expenses related to investing so that you can keep as much as you can. And that's how your wealth grows. So now I said all of this. And like I said in the beginning, my goal with digital currency is to offer you some things to consider. Now, digital currency may be your bag and you may want to do it. And I have no opinion one way or the other if you do or if you don't. But if you so choose to pursue digital currency, Bitcoin and other types of digital currencies, don't chase the performance and don't do it because it's hot. And this is what everyone else is doing. If everyone else is doing it, that's immediately the thing you'd have to to stop yourself and say, "Okay, why am I doing this? What is my strategy? And then you got you have to ask yourself hard questions and investigate thoroughly before jumping in. And we went over what some of those hard questions were uh, early on, which is. You know, understanding the value, who the maker of the the coin is, uh, how it's being used, who's accepting it and what the future opportunities are for that particular digital asset 
and with the future prospects of the overall industry. Those are just a few of the basic questions you need to ask yourself as you're evaluating the merits of, of, of a particular uh, Bitcoin or digital currency to get involved in. And you, you should do that absolutely before jumping in. If the price moves on you, that's okay, but you wanna investigate and have a strategy so you know when to get in at a time that's appropriate for you and then how to exit if things don't work out the way that you want it to. And then secondly, in addition to asking those qualifying questions, you also want to keep your tax professional involved in the discussion prior to exiting. Because at the end of the day, when you're investing, it's about making as much money as you possibly can. And if you have a tax professional involved in the conversation, then there's the, the, the chance and opportunity that you could mitigate some of the potential tax uh, liability or that might be there from buying and selling of your digital assets and you want to mitigate that because that allows you to retain more of your investment dollars and it makes you makes your wealth grow faster because you're managing your tax bite. So hopefully that made some sense. Hopefully that was good information for you to to use as you consider whether or not you wish to get involved with Bitcoin. Thank you for tuning in today to this episode of Unbiased. I hope today's conversation empowered your decisions and sparked your conversation or maybe even sparked a different thought concerning your personal finances. And I greatly appreciate you again tuning in today. Feel free to reach out to me uh, via social media. My Twitter handle is Hairston, that's H-A-I-R-S-T-O-N underscore Mike. You can also find me on LinkedIn at Michael G. Hairston, MBA, or you can reach out to me via email at Michael at Alpha financial that's one word dot com again that's email is michael at alpha financial dot com thank you very much and i look forward to speaking to you again soon